Hello and welcome to the Serious Games Podcast. All about playful methods for interactive trainings and facilitation. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Serious Games Podcast. Today I'm connected with uh, Jed and Sophie Lazar and they have a brand new game. In fact, you can't even buy it yet, but we'll learn all about it. And uh, what was interesting when uh, we talked a couple of weeks to prepare this podcast, um, both of them said, you know, this game is really there to help you to have constantly awesome conversation with friends and I'm looking forward to fully understand how you guys are doing this and what the game Cozy Juicy Real is all about. Jet, Sophia, welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Great to be here. <laughs> and let's get you already get started with the two, let's say, typical questions I always ask um, my guests. Uh, so please do introduce yourself to our listeners. And uh, what's your, let's say, 33 second pitch? For Cozy, Juicy, Real, someone who's never heard about your game. Thank you, Julian. Well, you did a really good job actually explaining the game, but I'm going to let Jed do another one after this. <laughs> um, my name is Sophia. Uh, thanks again for having us here today. Um, a quick intro for me. Well, it's a bit tricky. I've got a very diverse background, um, so it's not a kind of a, a one word answer. Um, but my background is in visual effects. I worked in digital animation and commercials and movies for many years. And then I retrained as a yoga teacher and a nurse. And I practiced that for a long time because I have a huge interest in humans and health and well-being. Um, and meanwhile, I've always been interested in coaching and trained as a coach and facilitator. Um, but yeah, and now I am the co-founder of Cozy Juicy Real along with Jed. <laughs> uh yeah i am you can tell from my accent from the states mm -hmm. i uh, can yeah yeah pretty obvious so i'm from salt lake city i lived in portland oregon for a long time mm -hmm. and my background is mostly in business and sustainable business at that i was always interested in how i could do good with business and so that's actually what i, I studied i got an mba in sustainable business and i had a business in Portland, Oregon for six years, delivering organic soups by bicycle. <laughs> um, so we did that for six years. We had 130,000 deliveries by bicycle and then sold that company. Uh, I went abroad uh, for a trip, met Sofia, and now we live in Valencia, Spain. That sounds also very lovely. Yeah, oh, wonderful. So what's your pitch? I, um, you know, already spoiled that you developed this game. And how would you explain it to someone, uh, I don't know, who, who either reaches out or gets to know you guys and just has 33 seconds? All right, I'm going to start the timer. Go. Go. <laughs> so it's a way to connect. It's a way to have better conversations. So whether it's with people that you already know really well, or it's with people that you want to get to know better, it's an easy, organic way to get to know people beyond the chit-chat because it's so easy to get stuck there, right? And uh, we all want to have a good time when we, get to, when we spend time together, and we all want to get to know each other on a deeper level. I think we all want to have more meaningful relationships. So this is a tool to do that. All right, wonderful. Well, thanks. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to deep dive into how it works and what do you prepare, but... Um, what do you need? Uh, I mean, how many 
people? Is that a team? Is that a, a full hall, a town hall full of participants? Uh, um, walk us just a little bit through uh, the settings that this game could be applied in. Great question. So you mentioned that the game is not yet accessible as a physical board game. Um, however, we have been facilitating online events for the past few years. Um, and we have found from our experience, so we do, we do facilitate games and we say that teams of even as low as two or three can play and up to 12 people can play. But the best, the sweet spot is between four and six people. Um, and the reason we say that is because we found that people tend to feel more comfortable, more vulnerable, um, more trusting in a, in a slightly smaller group, but it still has a nice tempo to the group. Um, so yeah, so we would say groups of around four or six is perfect. And right now we can host up to 500 people and we use the magic of breakout rooms to send people on their way, they can play the game um, and experience it that way. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, already uh, ticking off a couple of, um, you know, logistic questions. For how long um, it, it does the uh, board game, and again, we're going to, uh, I can actually add some pictures to the podcast, or of course, I want to link to your website and uh, to that crowdfunding campaign that's coming up. But um, how long would, would those four to six players uh, ideally play and get to know each other? Usually around an hour and a half. It depends how chatty people are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, so an in-person game, I'd say an hour and a half to two hours. An online game, anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. All right. Okay. So, you know, logistics, uh, a few ticked off already. But um, let's go back in time because you mentioned you started experimenting with that Game dynamics with that idea, like many many years ago. Can you can you just share a little bit? Um, you know, who had the idea, and was there a specific occasion or uh, a moment where you said, "Aha, um, this is what we need. We need a, a game to do X, Y, Z." So, so how did it uh, evolve? So, well, um, back in 2016. Um, we recognized in our own lives that it wasn't always easy to have like meaningful time together. Even even with close friends, it was always sometimes you'd, you kind of have those like regular updates and you would leave the night and be like, oh, I didn't really find out that much about them. It's like, oh no, Netflix, diet, kids, work. Um, and we were walking home one day and an idea kind of sparked just in conversation which was quite unrelated, actually. It was about, like, you know, an app of, like, how can we give people fun and interesting ideas to connect that's not just, like, watching another movie or just having the same old chit-chat. Um, and one of the ideas for that app was a conversation game that took you on a journey to kind of deepen your relationship in a fun and easy way. Um, and we didn't know all the mechanics. There was no, like, ideas on that. It was kind of like, okay, where do we start? And we literally started with a piece of paper and, you know, questions on cards. And Jed actually played it for the first time. And it apparently went horribly. Um, but, you know, there was feedback. It was something to work Right, with. absolutely. So we made another iteration. And we played and played and played um, and got so much feedback, so many ideas from people that, we kind of went with the kind of like lean model of just play test and prototype. Um, and then 
I mean, we were doing this part-time, I should say, though. We were doing this while we had our full-time jobs. So it was every few months we'd come back to it. Um, but I'd say, what, after the two to three years of, you know, playtesting here and there and, and making something different, that people started asking us, like, how do we get this? And I really want to copy. And sometimes we'd playtest with strangers who had no idea that we were the creators. And they'd be like, I've never heard about this game. Like, where can I buy it? And we're like, okay, this is a good sign. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and that's when we kind of explored it even more. Wonderful. Do you want to add anything? No, that was great. Okay. But yeah. And, and did you, I mean, you, you play test and feedback. I understood that. But did you guys do all the design yourselves? And did you come up with a name? Or was that a, a, a different uh, marketing journey that you got on? That was, that was definitely just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And it was painful. It was painful. Because <laughs> it was so slow. Because like Sophia said, we, you know, this was a passion project. We were working and this was just something that we could do when we had time. Um, it really helps that Sophia has a background in design. So when we had time, we could update the design and, you know, talk about the, how the marketing might go or work on names and the different questions in the deck. That takes a ton of time. Um, but yeah, it's all, all the two of us. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's deep dive into what it looks like. Okay. So I understood sweet spot four to six players. Um, they're sitting or standing around a table. And there is, I mean, of course, um, we're going to talk about the online version and the 500 scaled version. But, uh, let's um, think of an in-person like meeting. So um, there's a board. And what, what else do they need? Uh, what do you need to know um, for, for a setup? So before they start. I don't know if there's anything else you need. Um, I mean, I think usually imagine, you know, yourself meeting up with friends at their home around some, uh, some glasses of wine or, or at the local pub over a few years. Um, and then the time to play, that's really it. I would just add the willingness to play. Okay. And the willingness to open up a bit, maybe more than not normally would. Okay, great. So we have our favorite drink. <laughs> we are willing to open up. And then we unpack the box and um, walk us through the materials that um, uh, that we're, we're looking upon that, that, that will be at um, the disposal of the players. Great question. So there will be a rules mm-hmm. book. Yes. Um, and in that rules book will also be a QR code so people can scan that and watch a video instead of the rules. Um, because we currently have a video that teaches the game in under five was about under four minutes actually um and people can play usually with just that so we want to keep it easy and sweet um so that will be in the box um and then there will be a board like a classic board game board um, where people can put the card decks on they'll have little counters they can choose a counter for themselves like monopoly <laughs> put them on the start space and then they're good to go okay and I understood um, this name, like cozy, juicy, real, relates to specific, is it like buckets or types of questions, right? Exactly. And there are a few others we probably need to share as well. Right, right. So when we started the development way back six years ago, there were just three different decks of cards. Level one, level two, level three. Okay. It was really basic. Um, over the years, is developed into those three card decks are now cozy, juicy, and real. So that's where the name comes from. And then we have two other decks, the random deck and the lightning deck. So cozy, juicy, real, uh, the cozy deck is the 
questions that everybody starts the game with, right? So those are super easy to answer. They're like a way to dip your toes into the experience. Okay. Like, what's your favorite color? Or... No, more interesting than that. Okay. They're, they're so, a little bit beyond chit-chat. All right, there you go. So, so share a couple of questions with us. Or look, I can even, um, if you provide me with one or two cards or questions, I can even you know, show a picture then in the podcast. Oh, well, that's for some, idea. some listeners that works. But what, what type of questions are we talking about in the uh, cozy area? So what's something you love and something you don't love about your hometown? Okay. Without your hometown. Okay. Yeah. So something everybody can relate to. Everybody can answer. Everybody has things they love and don't love about their hometown. So you're sharing a little bit more than you would in chit chat, but it's still very easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like coffee and broccoli for me. Huh? I do not know what you mean. <laughs> like um, <laughs> coffee. Yeah, I love coffee, um, but I don't like broccoli. In your hometown specifically? Oh, no, in my hometown. I, th I yeah. thought, except your hometown. In oh, my hometown. In oh, my God. In Berlin. Well, I, I do like like the Saturday market. You know, it, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, yeah, it's nice not to be tourists. And something I don't like here is, oh, way too many cars and bad, you know, bicycle lanes oh, wow. and streets. That's, that's annoying. Mm -hmm. oh. I didn't know that. I like both of your answers. Okay, so that's that's so, cozy. and the coffee and the broccoli, right? So so that's an, that's a bonus information. No one <laughs> wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, juicy. What what what's the? Um, I, I watched a video, of course, and and you know you say they're a little bit more juicy. So what type of question uh, were you um, packaging here? So a juicy question is a chance to share a little bit more about yourself. And of course, everything's gamified, right? This is, this is a game, there's points involved. So you get more points for answering a juicy question and then even more points for answering a real question. Do you have a juicy question that comes to mind? Um, I like the question, oh, what's something in your room that's meaningful to you? Oh, that's meaningful. Okay. Does it have to be the room that I'm now in because we just moved and this is really... It could be something you're wearing. Mm, good point. Well, you know, I do um, have a, uh, a bag. Um, uh, shout out to Freitag uh, from Switzerland. Um, I'll link them in the, in the show notes. But I do have a bag uh, that I bought when I was living in, in Switzerland. It's been so, so many years and it's very, mm -hmm. you know... Uh, rob us uh, the bag and I just like to keep it yeah that's mm. a nice memory yeah I'm, I imagine it reminds you of your time there it surely does it surely does so, I don't know if oh. now's a good time to, to introduce spark cards but I have a yes time. the spark cards I mean look we're jumping but um, I will make sure that we have a picture and that we uh, link to of uh, the video so that everyone understands they're cozy uh, there's a deck with uh, cozy questions there's a deck with juicy questions and um sophia you mentioned the spark card so every player uh seems to have some spark cards yes so everyone begins the game with a set of spark cards and they each do a different thing um and the reason i wanted to introduce them now is because i have a go deeper question for you so i'll quickly overview of the spark cards they're kind of one of my favorite parts of the game um but they're ways to interact and spark more conversation and interaction during the game. Um, so there is the Go Deeper card, and that means you can ask one or two follow-up questions. And when I give you that card, you get points. Okay. 
Um, there is a what about you card, which means if I wanted to ask Jed the same question, I could ask him the same question. Um, there's a what about me, because if I'm like, oh, I have a really good story I want to share or something, ah, okay. share, then I can give myself points and share. <laughs> nice. Um, there is a high five, which is basically a high five. If you appreciate someone's answer, um, you can give them a high five. And there are two others, courage and a hug card. And the courage is for when someone shows vulnerability um, in any way, you can give them that card to say, you know, that's a courage. You, you deserve more points for that. And that is worth more points. Um, and the hug card. If anyone shares something, you're like, you know, I want to give you a hug. Yeah. You can give them a hug card. And it's funny because we actually introduced that card quite recently, the hug card. And we watched people play, strangers. And when they would give the hug card, they would literally get up and hug each other. It was the best thing. And multiple groups did this. It was like amazing how a card gives you permission to do that, to cross uh, a barrier. And I understand that every player starts with this uh, set of spark cards. So I have my own, you have your own, Jed has own. Okay, and then we can uh, pass them uh, along. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and wow. Like I said, they're worth points. But uh -huh. if you don't use them, at the end of the game, you get docked points. So oh, okay. That's an so, incentive. Yes, there, there's a big incentive, <laughs> right? Um, because I, I yeah, we will come to the game mechanics and who will win and <clears throat> the points later. But um, I understand that's definitely an incentive to uh, pass along a hug and a go deeper question. Yeah. So can I ask a deeper question? <laughs> yes, of course. That's interesting. <laughs> Look, um, you listeners have to know that Sophia <laughs> and Jet and I, we can see each other. We're not recording the video, though. Um, and, um, yep, they're not showing me the card, but I, I clearly hear and see and I sense that you why. guys have developed this game. What's your Don't Go Deeper question, Sophia? <laughs> okay, you're getting 20 points for this. Um, the Go Deeper <laughs> question is, I'm curious, because I didn't know you lived in Switzerland. Like, what took you to Switzerland? Yes, yeah, so, um, well, it was work. Uh, it was right after um, I finished working for a private university here in Berlin, uh, mm. looking for another job. And I did apply for a marketing job at the University of St. Gallen. That's in the eastern part of, of Switzerland, right? Um, and then I got a call from my, my, my uh, boss, um, to, to be um, for the uh, Career Services Center. In fact, they were, uh, that was my background. I was doing coaching and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, bridging um, the, uh, let's say, um, the, the students and um, the graduates, making it easy for them to enter the job market. So, you know, I then got a call uh, from him. Um, and, uh, yeah, then I... You know, met him twice, I think, met the team, and uh, I started working as a, a manager, corporate relations for the University of St. Gallen. Uh, did that for about three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, okay, and one thing you loved about Switzerland. Is that another card or just... just no, I get two. I get two. <laughs> because, you're, you, because you invented the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited spark cards. <laughs> okay, so one thing I, I loved about Switzerland. Okay, yeah. 
Wow. Look, I mean, I came from Berlin and then I also returned to Berlin. So, of course, Switzerland was you know, all about nature. We were, you know, mm. so close to uh, Lake Constance, which we just, you know, I bought my scooter down there. Still have it. Um, but, you know, it was just great to right after work, get on the scooter, ride for, you know, 25 minutes, uh, uh, be at the, at the lake or uh, in the mountain so that, that was just very very nice and very relaxing yeah that sounds great wow, wow. yeah yeah wow. yeah so these podcast episodes the last ones that i'm doing they really become like interactive podcasts right <laughs> so, <laughs> um let's continue with the fourth set of cards okay so we got cozy cards and questions obviously juicy cards in question we got the spark cards to go deeper the hug and the vision showing courage you get points um, when you answer, and uh, you don't get points when you pass them along. But uh, hold on. Everyone has one, so most likely I will also receive one, right? And then yeah. I get some extra points. Okay, got you. And then we have the real cards and the real questions. What are they about? So the, the real questions are continuing along the, the progression from cozy to juicy to real. So they're a chance to share even more about yourself, right? Um and so their questions, the, a lot of the, the game is, is based in our coaching background, and we actually didn't talk about that in our introduction. So we, we took a three-year course in neurolinguistic programming, and one of the core elements of the game, the Codes Juicy Real decks, are based on something called a neurological levels. And, uh, and without going into all the details of neurological levels, um, the, the, the idea is that as you're sharing from cozy to juicy to real, you're tapping into different parts of the identity and different parts of the personality. Okay, gotcha. So as you move into uh, into the real deck, then you're touching on things that are like the most the most meaningful for us. So things like belonging, things like identity. Um, you know, things that, that when we talk when we, when we think about our our stories that we tell ourselves that have like our, our, our rooted stories, yeah, our beliefs. That's that's what the real deck is about. An example. Um, something like what's something in your life right now that you're appreciating and what, uh, and what about it is meaningful for you? Hmm. Okay. So then I would, you know, more talk about personal things like my marriage and my family. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, random is the last. Yeah, I was wondering, right? There was one more, and random cards are group challenges, correct? How do they work? I Yeah, how do they, how do they work? Just walk us through. So we introduced random cards because quite early on in... We, we actually did some research at the beginning as well. Like once we started prototyping, we also started asking people, you know, what makes a conversation great? What makes it less great? We observed conversations that were great. Um, and we found that play and like kind of an, a, what's the word, like an undulation of like emotions in a conversation were really important. So some laughter, some serious, some, you know, more touching things, um, light things. And so we introduced random to kind of shake up the energy. So it was like not to always be talking about like things that are getting deeper and deeper and deeper, but to kind of like spice it up with something different um and so yeah random cards are group challenges activities speed rounds um and they kind of get 
the group involved. So an example might be, um, rather than a meaningful thing in your room, what's one of the strangest things in your room? Okay. And show that. To oh my God. Just or a strange that, yeah. thing in your bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, and show that to the group. And it doesn't mean about talking about it, it's really just kind of something different, makes you kind of move from your space. Um, but yeah. Just one Yeah, I'm just looking at my ironing board, which is really <laughs> ugly and super old, right? <laughs> I'm not going to show it now. might take a picture for the podcast. All right, guys. Look, I understood there are um, five sets of different type of cards, right? And um, how, how, how does the how does the game and the flow moments... And again, you, you of course, uh, played it, you know... I don't know if you stopped counting at one point, but uh, several hundred times yeah. and observe, um, you know, the flow, the dynamics. Uh, what are some observations that you, let's say, typically make, right? Maybe, um, I mean, now we were just talking and you were mentioning that, you know, strangers played it. Um, would you also, or have you uh, also used it, um, let's say, in a more business setting with teams or maybe even for onboarding or uh, maybe you can also explain a little bit how the dynamics are there and, and what happens when people play for that 19 minutes. So yes, we do a lot of team building and a lot of onboarding tomorrow. We're doing onboarding for HubSpot uh, teams all over the world. So that's, that's really become unexpectedly uh, what we do a lot of is team building and onboarding. Uh, for big companies like Nike and Adobe and HubSpot, but also small companies and startups and charities and nonprofits and institutions and uh, universities. So when we're hosting events online, sometimes we're in the rooms and sometimes the, the, the players are in the rooms on their own. So, uh, but we can see what's going on in the rooms. Um, and I think that the, the, the magic, the flow kind of happens... Well, I think between two things. One is as people work their way around the game board, right? You don't you don't go straight to the real. That's one of the keys. Everybody starts on cozy, and so there's this kind of uh, like there's this slow deepening that happens as people are gaining trust. People are sharing a little bit about themselves, and they more than they, they normally would, right? And then they see somebody else do that, and there's this thing called. Uh, a vulnerability gap so that when one person shares something a little bit vulnerable, then the other person feels this, this desire to, to fill that gap and share something a little more vulnerable. And so the game opens that vulnerability gap. Right. And it allows people to move together towards the juicy and then towards the real. So it's kind of happening in this way that people are, they, they get to a place where they're like, Oh, I see you more as a person now. You know, we, we might have used to, you know, 30 minutes ago, you were my boss and uh, I was the new guy. And now we're, now we're people. And, uh, and so one of the main pieces of feedback that we get at the end of events, you know, we have a, a big mirror board when we, when we debrief events. Um, one of the main pieces of feedback we get is just the word human. That it kind of, uh, I think it takes away uh, kind of the facades and allows us to see each other more clearly. And that freaks some people out, I think, in a, in a, in a very uh, traditional business sense, 
But I think in, in a lot of the new business world, this is exactly people are recognizing it's so important to bring a little bit more of our, ourselves and our personality to our work relationships. Yeah, there are a lot of stats around feeling like belonging at work and being able to show up as the as your real self and on a more personal level has become huge. And we're seeing more and more like that there is like culture teams now specifically that focus on this rather than just HR. There's like people and culture. Um, and yeah, super important. We spend so much time at work. It's crazy. Wow. Sounds great. Sounds great. And um Look, I mean, we understood the materials, the playing, moving, you know, from, from along the board. Um, is there anything? Because um, you, know, you also shared that you have played this in a scaled version. Is there anything that needs to be actively facilitated by you? Or is that just then, you know, once it's running, it's running. You don't need to, uh, you don't need a facilitator um, to, to play the game. Well, we'll let you into a little secret. Um, so, so far, we have felt it's been necessary to kind of facilitate the event, to ensure it goes smoothly, to learn, um, and to also be there for, like, support, like, any questions that come up about the game or tech or whatever. But alongside doing that, we want this to spread further. We want people to have, we want it to be more accessible. Um, and so we've been working on our own web app. So we've started working on that. We're really excited about it. Um, and that would allow people to kind of play and self-facilitate their own games. Okay. Um, we would still recommend having a host and having a facilitator for larger events, just based on our experience. We found that when there's a really large group, uh, it's a little bit more complicated to manage. But also we found that when there is a facilitated event versus a non-facilitated event, especially for teams anyway. We found that people are more um, excited about joining because it's like this external thing coming in and, and it's they're more excited about it. Attendance is higher um, and there's kind of more engagement. So larger groups of around, like, I think beyond 30 usually, it's, that's what we've seen. Okay. Um, but yeah, we are excited about having a self-facilitated. Okay, got you, got you. And and yes, you know what would resonate with me is, you know, when you have a facilitator, um, someone or a team, then is, is is taking care of this safe space of the event, right? Which also needs a framing, and we're going to talk about, you know, how you introduce the game and debrief the game. But but then I normally say that a game or a serious games in that matter is a safe space within the safe space, right? So which, which, which makes us you know, even more ready maybe to, um, you know, show up as we are to answer authentically and then to, you know, move along uh, the, the gameplay and then the flow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I didn't really talk about that, I guess. Is, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think currently what facilitation brings um, is, yeah, is setting the tone at the beginning. We do a check-in with everybody um, and kind of get a pulse check of the whole group together before we open up the breakout rooms. And then when we bring them back from breakout rooms, we do a debrief, we do a checkout, um, which we do think is really important. And we want to, if, if we can, implement that into the self-facilitated version. Uh, but yeah, I, we do think that's that's a big thing. Okay, got you, got you. So uh, still thinking about multiple 
groups now. Um, they're playing in parallel, obviously. Um, and so, so then after 90 minutes, I mean, is this a, then a highly time boxed setup? If, if you have multiple groups that you say, okay, in 90 minutes, you are asked, you know, to count your, uh, points, because again, with every card is worth a couple of points, right? I mean, when I answer it, right? Can I, by the way, um, skip a card and say, ah, no, I'm not going to answer that. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. So that's, a, that's a great question. It's really important. Yes. Because if you ever get a question, you can't think of an answer for it. Yes. Or the answer is your ironing board, for example. <laughs> then you might want to skip the card and go to the next one. So everybody can pass three cards in a game. Okay. And then, okay. Got you. But then I wouldn't get any uh, points in that round, right? You can pick another card from the same deck. Oh, okay. I can just pick another one and say, oh, I'm not going to talk about my iron board. I'm going to talk about oh, my cat, which I don't have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, after 90 minutes, look, because there are points, which means either when the time is up or when, you know, the first player reached, you know, the end of the board, um, there will be a winner. And are the others considered losers then? Or how do you deal with that dynamic? Because, you know, now we're, we're six people at our table and someone did win. What about the others? That's a good question. It is a good That's question. A good one. And, and people sometimes ask about that because, you know, when you are playing an online game, especially if you're if you're hosting an online event for a big group, 50, 100 people, you're going to get a whole range of people. And some people really care about the points. <laughs> they really, are they really competitive, especially something about games, something about board games, it really gets people into this competitive mode, which is part of the fun, I think. And it's part of what brings people into the experience. That's part of what makes serious games work is there's this competitive element, yeah? Um, and so I think that what, what we've heard from people who play is that even the competitive people, they tend to really care about the points at the beginning. And they're doing, they're doing the thing where they're really figuring out the strategy of how do you get ahead, you know? Oh, I've got this my spark card. <laughs> yeah, right. They're doing it. I'm going to go for the real as soon as I can. It's great. <laughs> um, typically, by the end of the game, they have settled into a different kind of headspace where they're still enjoying the points and everybody and everybody has a chance, a chance to count the points and see who the winner is. But uh, being a winner in Cozy Juicy Real or being a loser, you might not be, you know, taking the same check marks of, uh, oh, I'm, I'm ego. I did better than the other players. That you might in a, in a, in a serious art, like role-playing game or something like that. Okay. Got we you. actually often hear people say, you know, we're all winners. There you go. Because uh, you're all learning about each other and having fun and having a good time. So Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what I understood. So, um, you know, while sharing, um, seeing the human uh, on the other side, uh, while getting to know each other, having those meaningful conversations, uh, I mean, obviously the players are invited and most likely will discover more about themselves. But what happens when you debrief such a, you know, one group or multiple groups? Um, what are things that, that you like to, you know, either reflect on or ask about? And what are things that, that just emerge from, you know, the, the players? So, because the game experience is so meaningful for people, and we often hear at the end of the game, we wish we had more time. And they just want to keep playing. So we try to maximize game time and we feel like that is the biggest takeaway. <laughs> um, after the game, we debrief. We typically ask, we have three steps. 
One is kind of an emotional check-in. So at the very beginning of the game, we do a check-in and then we do the same at the checkout. And the, the three kind of like um, touch points are how happy are you feeling? How connected are you feeling? And how trusting or unsure are you feeling? Um, so we ask at the beginning and everyone kind of moves their dots on a scale of one to 10, how they, how they are on that scale. And then we do the same straight after the game. And we very gratefully see a very nice shift upwards. I would say 99% move up, um, which is wonderful to see. So that's the first um, part of the checkout. And then the second is we ask people, uh, what are some appreciations you have for your team? Okay. So really bringing it to that team experience and for them to recognize like what they appreciated in that group. Um, we found is, is really meaningful for them because they also get to like, it's kind of extending the game in a way, but kind of allows people to see what other people thought during gameplay and um, what, you know, be able to like reflect on themselves. And then the last question we ask is, what's the takeaway you have from this experience? Um, and people often say things like, um, you know, like people are we're, we're all more similar than we think we are um my co-worker is a human <laughs> with stories and like you know richness to their lives and things that they've never known before um that they've made friends at work now it's like taking it to a different level um and just like judge said the humanness like humanity and just you know we're all human and so that's a big one I was hosting a game for a team in London last night and one of their main pieces of feedback at the end was uh, everybody has struggles. Everybody's got uh, something that we're working through, big or small. And I think that's really nice to, to see. It's easy to forget, especially when you're working remote, that we're all working through something. So good to see some. I, I, I love seeing that kind of feedback. It just reminds me of... Um, empathy. Yeah. yeah. Empathy. Yeah. And that's one of the big goals with this game is building empathy, building trust. Okay. And so you're saying or I hear that there's no other, let's say, reinforcement or translation into the day-to-day, -day, uh, the work day needed? Or mm. would that be, I mean, is, is there any other um, yeah, intervention or... or or tool or method that you sometimes then use um, after playing the game? I like that idea um, because it reminds me of something that from our, from our coaching days of future pace. You know, how might you apply this to, so, um, you know, we ask for, for a, a takeaway from the experience, but we don't ask, and maybe we should, uh, you know, what's one thing you might do differently in the future based on this experience and like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like that question, right? To just to, to, to also reflect on, uh, you know, trust building, empathy building. You know, seeing the human, the struggles, and 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 the fun parts, uh, and their lives and stories. And then, what do I take with me when I when I when I have the next customer call? When I'm writing the next email about that missed deadline to my colleague, right? So uh, you know, maybe that also something that that could use some empathy and 
um, yeah, seeing the human on the other side. Huh? Mm-hmm. Something we do recommend, um, like a carry forward, is short check-ins and check-outs at every meeting. Um, it's something that we do with our own team. Um, something really simple, like what's something you're looking forward to this weekend? Or how are you feeling right now? <laughs> or uh, what's a high and a low from your past week? So something that's still kind of like touching on the personal side of somebody, um, but doesn't necessarily have to take a 90 minutes, but it's a way to kind of continue. Yes, always a, a good reminder, you know, that the personal also check in and check out. And it, it builds... Um, it builds and adds up, to, right? So every time you do it, it's, it's a reminder that, oh, okay, great. Now I also get to check in with my team. Even if it's shortly, I can you know, share an emoji or a word or a little story or something that that I liked about my week. Yeah. Wow. So, look, I mean, you've already shared. You've, you can run this uh, virtually. Um, yeah, you know, the technology is there. Um, then, obviously, the players would have like a is it, a, is it a special app or do you just use any regular whiteboard out there um, to have the, the game areas? And how, how do you do that? So right now we use um, Zoom and Miro, so whiteboarding tool, uh, which many companies are familiar with. Um, and like I said before, we are working on our own web app. So we'll probably introduce that into the mix Okay, so here's the question, right? Because not everyone has a solution for that. How do you do the cards uh, on a mirror board? Do you just stack them uh, uh, upon each other and then you just draw one and then it reveals the next one? Or or how do you do that? There are two ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And we've done both. (laughs) (laughs) One is, like you just said, stack them up. You have a front and a back and then you get rid of the front and it reveals the, the back of the card. Um, the other way is if you have a two-page PDF, you can flick through to the second page and then you, you see the second page as a card, which is kind of like flipping a card. Yeah. And much easier to maintain and to, yeah, well, you only have to create it once and you can duplicate it. Uh, that's what we all love about those whiteboards. But um, yeah, okay, good. The cards, they play, breakout rooms, they come back, there's a debrief. Um, perfect, understood. And um, what is your, and again, there might be groups that you do facilitate, you recommend when they get larger. Um, what is your ultimate facilitation tip? Now, this is a classical question on this podcast. It does not have to be solely, um, you know, focused on uh, the uh, cozy, juicy, real game. It could be any overall ultimate facilitation tip that you can think of and want to share with our listeners. So I'll go first. My ultimate facilitation tip is of course, something that I am still working on. (laughs) Um, And and that is to, uh, to not take full responsibility for the experience. (laughs) That's so funny. But I have others. Okay. (laughs) Because, yeah, because I, I, I have I have found um, that my tendency is to take responsibility, both as a facilitator and and a, and a coach and event host. Um, that you know, it's my it's my responsibility to take somebody from A to B, and it's wonderful when that happens. But really, all I can do is all I can I do is be the guide. I can point the way. I can ask the questions. I can create the context. 
And then it's really up to the people. You can't drag somebody along a change process. It just doesn't work like that. It's too personal. And it's the same with teams. You can't drag a team along a team change process if they're not ready to go there. If they don't want to go there themselves, they just won't go. They're not ready. So I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself to take less responsibility. If a team shows up to an event and they've just gone through something really big, a series of layoffs, for example, maybe somebody in the in the team had you know had something going on personally in their lives, and they're bringing that. There's there's again there's so much that I can do. There's only so much I can do, and then the rest of it is really up to the up to that person in the team to go at the pace that is right for them. Gotcha. Well, thank you, thank you. And Sophie, you had a similar one, you said, or it was similar. Um, mm -hmm. But I will share a different one because I had okay. Had that came to mind, <laughs> and I was funny. like, which one do I choose? You can choose both. You can you can share both. It's a, like a bonus, <laughs> a bonus ultimate facilitation. Too. Okay. Well, alongside that one, I think what it kind of pairs with it is to slow down and not rush and not feel like you have to stick to a plan but being flexible and observe and just listen and yeah taking away that responsibility but also kind of knowing your responsibility of of being a guide and like listening and not yeah not sticking to a, a rigid plan trust trust your skills um and then the second one that that came to mind that was kind of i think is also a, a big one is being vulnerable so, I mean, I think in any case, it's like not, not showing up perfect because I think showing vulnerability allows other people to be vulnerable. And that's where, that's where change happens. Change happens when we recognize those like uh, things that we want to work on and things that we want to kind of make better. So being vulnerable, but also being professional. I've definitely seen sure. the far end of it where it's like, I'm not going to care about anything. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> so yes. vulnerability and being professional at the same time. Okay. Wow. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And um, maybe, you know, three more questions, right? So um, I understood it's it's about the, 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 the question and the conversation. Um, are there any other variations that you're you know thinking of or can can your game be played in any other way or for any other purpose have you seen any hacks already evolving we've been experimenting with lots of different versions <laughs> of the game and it, i mean as you can imagine when you do this you kind of you get into it and you're like oh how, how else can we be doing this and so many people play it and they're like oh you should do this yes <laughs> yeah we got contracted by somebody in, in australia to to build a not safe for work version there you go yeah yeah extremely not then that was that was fun that was fun um so so yeah right now we were uh we're uh, working on two kind of expansions to the game for the physical game and that's going to be like the spicy definitely not safe for work version and then the, and then the really real so that's like the next level of questions people already know each other well or they just want to take it to the next level but for online groups for teams that want to play we have loads of expansion decks they can play so after a team plays for the first time then they, they want to play again they can play the diversity equity and inclusion edition they can play the the creativity version for teams that are working in creative realms they can do for leadership teams leadership and we have other other um games that are built around different themes like international women's day lgbtq etc so yeah we've been working on that a long time and those are super fun wonderful wonderful and i couldn't even imagine you know 
uh, drawing a card. Yeah, just thinking out loud, right? Like uh, during as a check-in, maybe, right? That, that could be like your check-in question. You don't have to build out a board <laughs> and and everything, but but just you know, uh, let that start connecting uh, and reminding us of, of the wonderful conversations, right? Um, that we had. Mm -hmm. Wow, cool, cool. So uh, two more questions. What is your? Huh, maybe that's a. A real question. What's your special experience with your game? I mean, what comes to mind? Like a moment where you, where you really said, "Oh, wow!" Hmm. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> um, And from those many, the one that no, I'm not going to go into the context. Mm -hmm. But we played with somebody who shared something really vulnerable in a group um, that I think were complete strangers. I think we were all strangers. And, and you know, it was, it was really deep. There was crying involved. And after the game, they shared with us, thank you so much. I, I have never shared that with anyone in my life, and I've always wanted to. I always needed a space where I could do that. And this gave me the permission, this gave me the space to do it. And I felt heard and seen, like with the, especially with Spark cards, you know, really helps to like be able to give those out and feel heard and seen. And so that really struck me as, mm -hmm. as wow, like this could really help people, especially people that are like maybe close and have never shared things that they always wanted to. I've got one that comes to mind as well. Um, so we got hired for a, a company event, um, and it wasn't until the event date came that I realized that it was, it was a family that worked in a company together. And, uh, this was a smaller event. They asked me if I would, if I would, you know, play with them. And, uh, and so I was happy to, so we all played the game and, as it developed and they got, you know, deeper into the experience, there was a, there was a, a question um, that the son answered. And the question was something like, you know, who's somebody who's had a positive influence in your life and in what ways have they influenced you? And uh, it was the son who answered this. And he, he shared that his mom, who was of course, you know, there, that she was one of the biggest influences in his life, the biggest positive influence in his life. And she, he shared how she, she'd influenced him and, And she was really touched by that because, you know, she, she didn't know. She had no idea. No one had ever asked that question before or held space in the same way. I don't know. But it was so cool to see a, a, a mother and a son connecting like that. I mean, what teenager just comes out with that? Yeah, he was a teenager, right? <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was That was really meaningful. And then there's been very funny moments. Yeah. We once played the game with, I think, eight friends uh -huh. for four and a half hours. Oh, wow. And we, we did not want to stop playing, but it just got to the point where it was like, okay, it's too late in the night. We need to get to that. But it was great. Yeah. Um, very memorable. 
Oh, it really sounds like we need to record it. A second uh, edition <laughs> continuing this conversation. <laughs> so tell me, now, I mean, you, de you developed the game, you've, you've, you've seen it being played and used in so many ways with so many different um, you know, human beings. In your words, what's the, what's the secret sauce of Cozy Juicy Real? The secret sauce, or I mean, I guess a sauce has different ingredients. So, well, again, as, as you um, can answer the question as 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 you wish, right? So, is it one ingredient that makes it just work, or is it a combination of ingredients? Definitely a combination. It is, yeah. And I think I have an answer. On it's it's kind of a lay. It's layers of of tools that are built into the mechanics. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll give it a shot and then maybe if you want to add any ingredients to the sauce. Mm -hmm. um, but I think fundamentally the progression, the way we've set up the board where you progress from cozy to juicy and, and to real, but also always having the option. So if you get to a real, you never have just a real space. There's always like cozy, juicy and real. So if you're like, oh gosh, like, you know, I just shared something really deep. Now when I get lighter, you can just pick a cozy card. All good. Um, so I think the progression is part of the source. Um, the questions themselves, we, we spent days writing criteria around what is cozy, what is juicy and what is real, and play testing questions and reiterating and rewording, like very picky. <laughs> so the questions, the way they're written, definitely a part of the source. And the spark cards, for sure. I think I think having that is a huge part of what makes it work so well. Mm. We played so many question decks, and we love them. Um, but it's different. It's there's something different about it, mm. and I think spark cards are a big part of that. Mm. So it's a, it's a good question, and I and uh, it's tough to answer. But I think I think what the secret sauces is the container. Mm, that's um, and, you know, a, a host, a facilitator can create space, can create a container. Um, but our intention with creating this game is that the game itself could hold the container and help create the container as you're playing from the experience of opening the box all the way through to the end. And then after the experience of playing, as well so so you know when you're when, when you're when you're playing with somebody obviously you're developing trust in that person but part of the container is developing trust in the game itself developing trust that, that this game is going to ask questions that that push me to share a little bit more than i normally would but at the level that i'm comfortable with Right. It's not going to ask me crazy out there questions. It's not going to it's not going to uh, request that I do something that I'm really uncomfortable with. It's important that people are comfortable. So as you're playing, you're gaining trust in the experience, trust in the game. And that builds the container for the game as well as the players simultaneously. Mm, so true. The, the game is a facilitator in a way. So true. Lovely. Sounds very exciting, and, and thank you for, for, you know, 
wrapping this up and putting it in to words for us, right? So that we understand it's definitely several ingredients that, that work together that amplify each other and that make, uh, you know, those meaningful and authentic and fun conversations possible, right? Wow. Guys, here's my question. How can we, uh, how can I get my hands on a <laughs> version of the game? <laughs> um, so is that something that, that's, um, you know, available? We call you and then you would invite, you know, uh, the players into that mirror board or is it a, is it a template in the mirrorverse? Um, and what about that board game huh? that, that's, uh, been prototyped and used and uh, yeah loop us in what, what what's happening next on, on this journey okay you gotta get ready to mark your calendars <laughs> okay March 28th we're launching a kickstarter wonderful okay march 28th we're launching a kickstarter Perfect. we're very excited because we wanted to do this for about three years <laughs> <laughs> all right so there will be the campaign and then um And that Kickstarter campaign is because the game is developed, right? Um, that's for making this whole production process. Exactly. Setting it up, so moving it. Okay. When you come to the Kickstarter page, you will see options. And your one of the main options will be to get the board game. So when you support us, when you fund, um, put some money in to get a board game, you will receive a board game. Um, and we'll also have a couple of other options, like Jed said. One will have like the expansion deck, and you can choose which expansion deck you want, or both expansion decks. Um, so yeah, so there will be a few options on the Kickstarter page. But as, of course, in because some people ask us, you know, Kickstarter, does that mean I just give money and then then what happens? It's yes. like well, no, you will actually get the product, you will get the game, um, and we promise that. Absolutely. So that's the physical copy. And then for people who just want to play online with their teams, maybe they're working on a distributed team and they want to do something there, then then that's something that they don't have to wait for. They can just uh, schedule an event with us. Um, and then the, the self-facilitated version, that hasn't been released yet. You're the first person to know that we've told. There so, you go. There you go. Now you're keep it a secret. <laughs> not, that, depending on when they're listening, that may or may not be available. We're hoping for sometime late late summer, early okay. early fall. All right. No, we're definitely going to publish this, <laughs> this recording before summer. But uh, again, I can link everything that, that um, you know, our listeners uh, might find helpful to a see you and the video explaining the game and your website and your Kickstarter campaign and, of course, your LinkedIn profile. So, you know, as always, it's super easy to get in contact with um, our guests. Um, once you heard this podcast, you just, you know, reach out, drop them an email, um, connect with them via LinkedIn. Wow. Jed, Sophia, thank you so much for sharing. It's been great um, to be thank here. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thanks nice. for the great questions. Yeah. Thanks for having us on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Wonderful. And with that, um, again, have a look at the show notes. I think there's plenty in this um, <laughs> episode of the show notes. And uh, also listen to all the other episodes on the series gamespodcast.com. Till next time. Bye-bye. You can reach us at hello at keylearning.net. We're looking forward to your suggestions, comments, and feedback.